welcome to Full Release with Samantha B. Hopefully you'll experience one by the end of this. It's hard to believe, but today's episode is our season finale. In this second season, we made what I can only describe as utterly top-notch content. Well, we made sure that there was truly something for everyone. So before next season, dig back through it. Listen to your favorite episodes while commuting to work, doing laundry, or unsubscribing from ActBlue emails. In the meantime, today, like always, I'm joined by my producers, Adam Howard and Svea Baron-Reinstein. Okay, podcast gals. We have the super dynamic actor, Pamela Adlon, joining us, and she is topping off such a fun season. Before we get to the interview, do you have a favorite moment from season two? Do you have a favorite, oh, like a moment even? (laughs) A tiny touch of a moment, a butterfly's kiss. (laughs) Well, what? if I can pull back the curtain a little bit, you know, on, on all of these episodes, we we prepare questions for you as mm-hmm. sort of like a jumping off point to the conversation. And it's always great when you use those, but we love when you stray from that. And especially when we do these recordings sort of late during the day, I oh, think yeah. you're very, very <laughs> tired. tired. If you can be so honest, though, like, I think you kind of are in a different wavelength and your energy is very different in a good way. <laughs> and so I remember, it's a really nice way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. I'm being very <laughs> diplomatic here. Very. And, um, <laughs> it's so delicate. And then I just remember the one we did with Roxanne Gay, which I was like going into it. I was like, oh, she's great, obviously, but she's kind of a serious person. And, right. you know, this very like uh, a lot of gravitas. And I was like, oh, I wonder how this one's going to go. And like the first like 20 minutes was just like this long sort of detour about your toilets and like all <laughs> yeah. these yes. like issues in your house. And it was so funny. And it really, I think, disarmed her because I think she was not prepared to talk about her toilets that afternoon. <laughs> but it was like, OK, we're doing this. And so you guys just went oh, in and we great. learned a lot. I and can't believe you're telling people great. that those aren't the questions that we prepared. <laughs> they were all, it's mostly, we start with a long plumbing related. We're plumbers at heart. First top, top five questions are all plumbing related. Then we move on to like, <laughs> I enjoyed that conversation thoroughly. I know she must really set herself for like, we're going to talk about serious stuff right now. And right. then somehow, I don't know what happened because she bought a house. She yeah. bought a new house. And so there was a lot to talk about. And I was into it. And I feel like we both needed it. And it was a very rollicking conversation. She's a very good baker. Did you see? In, well, anyway, you know, I'm always looking at <laughs> cooking websites. She in the New York Times in like, it's like the, you know, the Times Tea Magazine or whatever it is there. She had put a recipe for a chocolate chip layer cake. And it looks great. And I'm going to make it. And I'm going to give all credit to Roxanne Gay. Great. Yeah. Who shall be further known as famous baker Roxanne Gay. Which is, yeah. That's how she's known. (laughs) Yep. Yep. What about you, Svea? Do you have one? Yeah, there's so many. I feel like it was such a great season. Highly Mm -hmm. encourage people to go back and listen to every episode that they missed. And Mm -hmm. I feel like probably once a week, in my head, I replay you and David Sedaris calling people's teeth baby chiclets. And I don't really remember the context, but it's really? such, such a fascinating phrase. And you guys laughed so hard. And I loved it so much. And I just feel like yeah. I can hear him. I hear him saying it. And then I hear you saying it. That was such <laughs> At a least fun conversation. A yep. That was such a fun one. I loved that conversation too. I do like it when we, when we stray 
And um, oh, wow. I have to say, I also loved when Tignacharo asked you to move out of the screen so that she could take a picture of your cat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Get, get away. Oh, I didn't remember yeah. that. You could move out of the way on your own. Could you move? I need... Speaking of my cat, I learned... Oh, God. My cat has been pulling pieces of foam insulation out of a secret place, like giant chunks, and she runs around the house. <laughs> she runs around the house going like, Rawr! like she killed something. And I mean, like, it's like a like a baseball size wow. like a baseball's worth of foam she probably thinks she insulation did she does she definitely thinks she killed something but we're finding them multiple times a day just these big chunks of anyway i get we don't have a visual to our podcast my one, i have two cats one is fluffy and white and she doesn't have a tail so she looks like a rabbit with a cat's head <laughs> she was born without a tail I didn't do anything to harm her tail. It's just a little stump that's there. No one cut it off. It just, she was born that way. <laughs> so I've had to go. I was searching all through the house yesterday looking for like, where is she getting this insulation? Like we don't have giant gaping holes in the walls or anything like that. And I think that I figured out where she's going in, but I don't know how she's getting there. Way up in the rafters in the in the basement is the and I found a piece of there's a piece of her fur hanging down from the ceiling. Whoa. Because there are open rafters there. So she's getting up there and I have no idea <laughs> how because she's not a good jumper. You need to she's put a like GoPro really on there. <gasps> that would be really funny. What a good idea. I gotta cat put vision, a camera. Cat vision. <laughs> Cat vision, cat night vision, because I'm so confused. There's no way that she's doing it on her. Like, is my other cat helping her? He's just like, she's using her lift. Because he's the jumper. She doesn't have a tail. When you don't have a tail, you don't jump as high. I mean, I think that's that's why I don't jump high. Because I had my tail. I was born without a tail. Anyways, okay. (laughs) Sometimes in the morning, (laughs) you also get the loopy version of me. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> well, in season three, we'll tell listeners at the start of every episode what time we're recording. It's oh, a loopy yes. warning. <laughs> loopy warning. Loopy loop. I'm so excited. So, so, so excited about today's conversation. Don't go anywhere because we have Pamela Adlon coming right up. Joining me today is the extraordinarily talented Pamela Adlon. You know Pamela's voice from animated shows like King of the Hill, Recess, Bob's Burgers, and Big Mouth, and the rest of her from movies and TV shows like Grease 2, The Facts of Life, Californication, and of course, the critically acclaimed Better Things, which she created, directs, and stars in. Better Things is ending, and I say that because I love it. Better Things is ending its fifth and final season now. And I've dreamt of sitting in her kitchen in that show, tasting whatever she is cooking. So I'm so glad to have her here today. Please welcome to the show, Pamela Adlon. Look, it's Samantha B. Oh my God. This is so cool, man. You know what? It's so fucking weird. And I'm sure that you experience this all the time. Is that I feel like I I feel like I've known you for a really long time. Yes, I get that. Because your show is so... First of all, it's completely... It's just like a beautiful piece of art but it's also so it's like so intimate yes so we all unfortunately for you we all feel like we're like in your life you feel like my partner because you see me on the toilet all the time totally so you (laughs) must get people just being so familiar with you or they're like i know you yeah it's spam 
just yeah. people in the streets. Yeah. <laughs> For a while there, like when my kids were younger, uh-huh. like your kids age and a little bit younger, I would take, you know, my kids to school and people would, you know, say like crazy, right. inappropriate not safe for children things just because it was like Californication and all right. of that dirty stuff. But, you know, now some people in the first place, thank you. It's very refreshing to speak to somebody who actually knows my show oh. <laughs> that is that is interviewing me. I love right. that. It is kind of unique, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I was on a show the other day and uh, there were three hosts and one of the hosts said, you know, just like in, in your show, you have your English mother in real life. Mm-hmm. And then another host said, are you going to incorporate that into your show? Oh. And I I was like, what the? F- I don't you do. Any- I just was like. Listen, it is my show. You know, it, it, that's the concept of my show. I, it's right. already part of it. But that's fine. You can't read every book and watch every show that your people come through. <laughs> so I love that you know. I love that you know. So it's either people know my show. Mm-hmm. Like yesterday I was on Trevor Noah, and he's kind of a brilliant, funny guy. You know, it was very enjoyable talking to him. But I turned to the audience and I said, has anybody here <laughs> ever heard of my show or watched my show and not one Get person out. in the audience? And I was like, that tracks. Uh, uh, he was like, they're being quiet because that person wriggled and they're, they're, they're not. But they, you know, they didn't. And it was it's so it's the, the extremes are the people who see me. Right. They cry. They grab me. They're yes. shaking. They don't know what to say. And then people have no fucking clue who I am. Get out of my way. Well, I have to tell you, I feel a parallel with you. There's a lot of people who I've met who are like, they see me and they're like, do I? Yes. And then they go, oh my, I love your show. What mm-hmm. channel is it on? Mm-hmm. I remember. And then they remember like, so if you go to if you go to like a Hollywood meeting, they only remember the first episode. They only ever watch the first like the pilot episode of your thing. And so they right. reference that. They're like, I love that white blazer. You're like, that was that was seven years ago. But yes, thank you. Exactly. Um, <laughs> white blazer. <laughs> like, what? Okay. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Um, yes. Well, I have an intimate knowledge of your show because it's so beautiful. Awesome. Because it's a beautiful, and you know what I was saying to people, I was saying to everybody on my team, right before we started recording is like a lot of, because we are going to talk about like the food on the show and the art direction is unbelievable. Thank and you. I know that all springs out of your mind, out of your big brain, but also <laughs> the music on the show is incredible. The soundtrack of the show is incredible. Is that you. you and your influence? You're seem like a music person, like you would be a music person. So- You know, all of those things are a big part of my life. Music, Mm -hmm. food, art. Mm -hmm. So I put those things that I like and and it grew with me. You know, um, my kids, uh, we all have this library, this musical Rolodex. And I brought my kids up with the stuff that I love and My kids used to be like, when I started the show, 
don't put our stuff in the show, mummy. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> you know, don't don't play don't play Billy Holiday. Right. You know that's ours, and you know it's it's just been kind of a a thing that I wanted from the get. Like I wanted Slim Guyard. Right. You know, it, it's those are the things that like all the music that I lost my virginity to that mixtape. Mm-hmm. Yep. I wanted to put into my show. I guess um, musically, I opened up when I started high school. Yeah. So I went to school with people have found this out recently with Lenny Kravitz. He was my brother's age. Okay. okay. He was three years older. And Lenny was the one who introduced me to Prince. And, you know, and there are various influences there. And then um, I got introduced to hip hop, which was rap when I was 17. And you know, and then the music from the 30s and the 40s, which is huge for me. And so it was exciting to, so I have a show mm-hmm. and I, I go to the set and I look around, which was a real house, not a set for the yeah. first two seasons. And I thought, oh, these walls are bare and there's tchotchkes here, which is like this fake shit. I don't like this. Yeah. What am I, a designing woman? Like, like <laughs> you know, you say the art direction. I'm like, there's a scarf swirled sure. on the, the foyer table with fake gack. You know, sure. they call props gack. Just like so, big empty bowls. Just yes, like empty, empty vessels. Bowls or like a thing, like a, mm-hmm. a, a tchotchke that has no practical use and is not aesthetically pleasing to me. Mm-hmm. So... It was a learning curve for the props department, for everybody. And, you know, you asked about music. You know, there were these opportunities musically. And it's, you know, it's cheating if you use music to manipulate if you don't have story, character, um, narrative to back it up. Right. You have to put all of that work in. And then you get to use the secret sauce. Right. I do feel like it is secret sauce. Like it makes it even more, it takes a very personal show. And then, well, maybe I lost my virginity to all those songs too. Because like when I hear them, I'm like, my lost youth, I lost it in a tent. I'm right there. Thomas Dolby, the flat earth. (laughs) Totally. Lori oh. Anderson. Oh, forget oh. it. Oh, my God. Billy Joel. Oh, the Wild yeah. Style soundtrack. Forget it. For there sure. There we go. It's all out there. Like, you know, like, it's like when you have your own show, and I just feel like we're making two different shows that are we're sisters. personal, but we're like creator sisters. Yeah, man. When did you first realize, like, because it's, it is, it is a really steep, it probably is a steep learning curve. For you, too, to be like, wait, I can change all that. Like, I'm allowed to change all this. Like, I'm allowed to say what I wear. (laughs) Hold on. Yeah. Did you have that moment when? Of course. Yeah. What was that like for you? It's really uh, it's it's like a thrilling moment. Well, I guess for I guess for people who are listening, there's like you go through your whole life as like a you're like a journeyman. You're like a worker. You're like acting in things, you know, performing live. You're doing all this stuff, and you really are like only own your own performance if you're performing live in front of an audience. As soon as a camera goes up, 
It's like somebody else's job yes. to figure out your world, what your makeup is going to look like, what your hair is going to look like. There's a committee of people who talk about your hairdo. <laughs> it's so fucking, it's like really intimidating. And then you said some, it, sister. You said it. I always say I'm a journeyman. I always say that. Always. Always. This is amazing. My kindred. Oh, my God. Finally. I'm having so much fun already. This is the best. We found our rare and unique support group. Right so. fucking here, It's right man. into my eyeballs. Yes. I felt like my whole uterus just dropped in total relaxation. Yes. I felt like a lowering of my <laughs> There's intestines. There's a lowering. Yeah, <laughs> the lowering has happened. The lowering. But it, and you like feel like you can't say, I don't like that foundation or like this eyeliner makes me look like a really, I feel not myself. It's called chair trauma. Chair trauma. I have PTSD still to this day. Like I remember I, I was, I was in <laughs> for two seconds. I was in the movie, say anything like you blink and you miss me. And I always say it's the best movie that I'm in, that I'm barely in. Right. But um, I remember going into the hair and makeup trailer and, you know, every chair was full. Uh-huh. Okay. And there was just this this one man standing there with an empty chair. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like is, is that maybe? And he's me? like, come on, <laughs> have a seat, miss. Uh-huh. And he pulls the chair over and I sit in his chair and I'm like, I'm trying not to cry. <laughs> I, leave, <laughs> I leave the makeup trailer and the the wardrobe supervisor comes over and she's like, hey, Pam, I, oh, Chuck did you, right? Oh my God. What Chuck did, he did you? And I was like, yes, <laughs> Chuck. <laughs> Chuck did me. me. And it, it's so funny because I, you know, have been working forever. Mm-hmm. And I remember at one point where it reached like critical mass, I would go into a hair and makeup trailer and like the hair queens mm-hmm. and the the makeup women would hold you hostage, hostage for two hours or whatever. And it's like, Yo, I'm not doing Star Trek right now. This is not prosthetics. Can I get out of this fucking chair? Yeah. Oh, you're like I have my own. Like I have a style. I have a sense of style myself, and you particularly. I think like you're such a stylish person. Like you have your thing, and you look awesome. Oh, and I thank bet you, I, I bet it took a long time to go like oh like I look great in my life and then I come to set and I'm like remade into this thing. I'm like, well, what who's this? It was ter- it's terrible, but you the thing that I've been able to achieve and the 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 stuff that I do is it's collaborative. So even if people come on my show and they're trying and they still don't get it. Like they've seen my show and um, with the lighting, with the wardrobe, with any of it, Mm -hmm. you have to be gentle with people. Yes. You know, and there's, there's been so many times and I still have realizations, you know, I'm in my fifties now and there's things that are so simple that people don't know. And also 
the younger kids, you know, the kids who are, you know, in their early 20s, um, they they may seem, what's the word? <laughs> uh, they don't know certain things. Right. So you just got to help help them along. Got to help everybody along. You go like, exactly. it's not how that, you can't just yes. do that. It's still. Yes, exactly. I, I often have the conversation of like, it's still a commercial enterprise, folks. Like, I'd love to do this story, but people also have to want to watch it. Like, you know, like balancing. It's entertainment. It's an entertainment. We're you, not making an after school special, right. you know. <laughs> I miss those. Um, do you know Ari Shapiro? Yeah. Yes. I, yeah. I like to brag on him that mm-hmm. he's a friend of mine. Nice. He's an NPR reporter, extremely mm-hmm. fabulous gay. He texted me this morning. I keep telling Mike the way this season handles very important issues without feeling like an after school special is some kind of magic trick. The tone is never less than exactly right. A hundred percent real and other nice things that he said. That's so true. It's so it's so hard because even in one episode this year, a Diedrich's character, Rich, mm-hmm. he says, remember the after school special? Yeah. She was eating banana and mayo sandwiches. Mm-hmm. I am referencing the after school special that Jennifer Jason Lee was in where she had an abortion. And it was mm-hmm. called like, oh, my God, I'm getting an abortion. I- <laughs> like, <laughs> some some exactly hat on a hat thing. Right. right. It wasn't like a girl's shame. Yeah. Something like that. Pity the girl. Something. (laughs) I loved those. Remember Dawn, portrait of a teenage runaway with Eve Plum. (laughs) Oh. Obsessed. Did you, I remember going to high school and like we, or sorry, in grade school and we were all passed around. Don't ask Alice was like the big book. Oh yeah. That we all read. Like that was anonymous. anonymous. Never tell. Uh-huh. Don't tell drugs, a girl experimenting sex. with sexual vagina things. <laughs> What's your pudenda? No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that you name check Ari Shapiro. I hear his voice in my life every Obsessed. single day. Obsessed. He's, he's Have you ever seen him in real life? I don't life? think so. <laughs> he's the most beautiful man. Like he oh. is. He is a god. He's like. And perfect. Everything is just fitted and what? Ugh. I'm gonna Google. I'm gonna Google Ari yeah, Shapiro you have after. To, you I'm have gonna to be see impressed. Ari's shit. It's so hot. Oh. The best. Like, okay, so when you started the show, how did you approach your kids? Were you like, did you have a did you have like a sit down with them and go, hey, I'm gonna do a show. It's we're gonna I'm gonna take from my real life. How did mm-hmm. you kind of cause you have to create those boundaries? So it's very interesting because the the press for this season, which is the finale season of my show, mm-hmm. it's five seasons. I have to say this for the people who are listening. We're like, who's she talking to? <laughs> what is this show? Mm-hmm. All better things. Um, it's been an interesting journey because I started with one person who kind of was embedding themselves with me oh. and, you know, really doing a deep dive and asking questions that I started to feel um, defensive about my show. Okay. 
I started this show seven years ago and my kids were all younger and they were all still living at home. My oldest just turned 25. Okay. I have 25, 21, 19. Okay. And this was an opportunity for me that I did not know the scope of what was going to happen. I didn't know how this was going to change my life. And when I started the show, I was like, I can't, it can't just be like me. I have to be, you know, like a carpenter and I need to have like one adopted daughter and a son from this guy. And I need to have a gay brother who lives in the back guest house (laughs) and where are their parents? We don't know. He disappeared like mm-hmm. Olivia Newton-John's husband on an island somewhere, <laughs> you know, or something like right. this. Like, I don't know. And then I realized this was all from vapor and it was never going to stick. Right. All of the adages, there's a reason why people say them over and over again. Write what you know means write what you know. So I went back to the bones of my life and this was going to be a voice that I didn't see on television. Right. I wanted to see about a woman like me who uh, doesn't wear high heel shoes and makeup and my friends don't look like that. My friends and I could walk in and rob a bank and walk out and nobody would say, hey, (laughs) We're just like the invisible middle-aged woman, mom. The story was about my story, which is feeling like you're in this chaos and you, you can't stop, you know, imagine you with your three kids and no partner. Right. Yeah. It would just be chaos. Like we, we do a shared amount of parenting And when one of us is away, everything, you know, kind of topples over a little bit. So like, I get get what you're, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. And there's a codependence to having a partner, you know, and I mean, it's, it's something that uh, you make that adjustment. And so when I started the show, it was this chaos and this, this single mom thing and, and You know, the definitive scene for me was in season one, and I call it Morning Rush, that one scene where Duke says she's sick, then her friend shows up, it's crazy hair day, then she's not sick anymore, then other kids come in and out, you know, and then somebody's like, text me a picture of your tits, and and then (laughs) the guy comes, he's like, you have to sign these checks and do a smog check. And then they all leave and you just hear this Laurie Anderson cue. Oh, Superman, this, Mm -hmm. uh, 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 uh. And she's sitting on the steps and the the noise all goes away. Right. And she looks at her phone and somebody was asking for a picture of her and she decides not to do anything. And she just turns right around, goes upstairs to her room and closes the door because that moment is is precious. And right. so that, I feel, is a defining thesis of my right. show. Right. It's about this woman and, and what she's going through and her journey. And so for me, it was a very conscious choice not to co-opt my children's 
lives and stories, but to really give them a voice and their friends a voice. And then thinking about myself in middle school and, you know, one of my best friends from middle school, we went to middle school together and how damaged she is in her brain from those girls in middle school. Right. And she's so successful now. But if you bring up any of that shit from middle school, she will crumble. Right. And it's it's remembering all of those stories and infusing my show with that. And then the things that are meaningful to me, like what Ari was saying, that I I in my head, everything's an after school special. And I want to I always say that my my show is like a delicious chocolate milkshake and it's filled with kale, spinach, calcium. Yeah. Like I'm getting that stuff in there. Yeah. I want to tell stories and and I look back at at my life and then at my my kids' lives and their friends' lives and and I'm able to like put it in the show in a way that I see it when it's happening or I don't. And you get all these feelings. Like I, I have this saying, bad for my life, good for my show. Right. And which is a great philosophy because if something happens to you, this is very Kabbalistic. I like it. I really you're like it. You're proactive. You're you're being proactive. If something shitty is happening, you're you're you're, you want to react. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you look at it in a different way. And if you can apply that to your life, if you don't have a television show, which is most of us, including me, because I don't have a show anymore. I mean, that I actively make, you can really change the outcome of so many things if you're not reactive. Right. Right. Oh, this is so interesting. I love Who hearing you talk about I, it. Oh my god! Oh, it's an fucking asshole. great. It's like, it's like you're you're taking. What is? I feel like I read an interview with you where you were like, "It's a very." I know that you. I'm gonna paraphrase, but it's like kind of it's adjacent to what you're to what you're saying right now, which is that you're you're being active and you're showing your daughters what it is to be productive. You're taking what is not fun about life sometimes or what is difficult and being very productive with it and like working with your hands and your brain to like work through it. But also, here's my cat. She's going to show you her anus. Oh, what's up? Hi. There she is. She's beautiful. Thank you. I love cats. There's your butthole. There's her anus. Good job, baby. Good job, honey. She put it right on my nose this morning. She came onto my chest, put it onto (laughs) my nose. I felt it directly on the tip. (laughs) She just gently rested it on the tip like a butterfly, like a butterfly kiss. It's called the butterfly Mm -hmm. when a cat does that to you. You invented the the (laughs) term. But like that kind of like being productive with what is difficult. I mean, it must be. Yeah. Is it, do you, I mean, I'm well, sure you, you have s- to laugh. You have to, that's the, you know, so that's what, that's what gets you and me through. Yeah. And that's what people respond to your show and my show, because 
you have these these kind of wholesome, they could even be cheesy moments, mm -hmm. and then somebody says, I got to take a shit. Yeah. You know, there's, it, it's, you know, there's a, an episode this season where a man is crying and he's sitting on the mat oh, yeah. steps. It's great. And he's visibly upset, and Sam's like, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to sit next to this dude. Yeah. And he's like, I'm really sad. And Sam's like, I am too. And she starts to get emotional. A lot of people are, she says to him. Mm -hmm. And then privilege, excuse me, you know, <laughs> yeah. like rude. And they were both just, you know, overcome with sadness and emotion. And then they start laughing. Mm -hmm. And then Sam says, life's funny even when it's sad. Right. And that's the truth. And that's also the thesis of my show. I get such a strong feeling, and I think that this is true, so I'm going to say it. I feel like what you have created with Better Things, which, like, by the way, if the people who are listening haven't watched every single season of Better Things, what you got to get, you got to get yeah, into it. Yeah, what are you guys doing? What are you doing? Other things? Wow. What? Why? <laughs> but, like, I feel in a lot of ways that you have made a show that you yourself would want to watch. You're just like, look, all I get, I got this. Not everybody gets to make a TV show. Almost nobody ever does. So you're like, I got a chance here. Yes. I'm going to make a show that yeah. I want to watch. And that's yeah. all that you can really do. Yeah. It's the it's all the things like, you know, how could a single mom with three kids cook a meal for them? Yeah. You know, I I can show you. I mean, there's uh, people, uh, you know, uh, no names, but people who, you know, take their cooking very seriously and or go to culinary school. And then they spend five hours, you know, cooking an elaborate meal and not engaging with their children yes. at all. Mm -hmm. That's not this world. Mm -mm. This world is this lady is cooking up things and and then you see her kids doing it. And yeah. it makes such a profound difference in your life when you cook in your home and when mm -hmm. you use your kitchen, it changes the alchemy of your entire life. Yeah, The way it smells, the way it feels, your kids start doing it. My kids all cook, all Do of them. They, That's they all have knife skills. You know, my youngest, I was coming home from, you know, post- and Rocky would have bruschetta and what? pasta and, you know, chop the garlic perfectly and all of this. All of my kids cook. All of my kids take pride in their homes, their rooms, the art that they hang on their walls, the music mm -hmm. that they listen to. It's incredible. So it's like you end up modeling what mm -hmm. is going to happen, whether you like it or not. Right. You know? Yeah watching the cooking and that like the kitchen being the center of the house is our life too. I love to cook. I love to cook. I love to like, it's like, um, it's super primal. You're like, yeah. Put on earth. You make, what's these... your thing? What do you, what's your favorite? Like, give me three things. What do I like to, I, I love making breakfast. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm a real breakfast person. So I'm always mm -hmm. making eggs and omelets and French toast and all manner of like breakfast is it's my favorite meal of the day. And so it's like a real abundance for the children. Do you make breakfast for lunch or dinner too? I don't actually I keep it very centered. 
Although I have, and Ooh. the kids are like, breakfast for dinner. They're like so excited, but I hardly ever do it because yes. I've had breakfast for breakfast and I do love a breakfast. So I'm like done with that. That's awesome. So lots of breakfast. I like to bake bread. I like to bake. I'm oh, wow. always trying to like, I'm always trying to like nourish and I don't even know, I guess it's just biologically <laughs> I had these children and then fed them. And then I was like, yeah. well, we got to. I got to fucking feed these. I mean, we're going to yeah. eat. And eat them. You're going to eat this shit. feed them. But I also want to feed myself. Like, and I sense that in you yeah. too. You're like, I love good food. Why would I sacrifice yeah. what I like? We're not having yeah. chicken nuggets. Like, we're going to make something good and we're all going to yeah, be together. Yeah, I don't want to eat for fuel. I mm -mm. want it to count and it's every meal count. to matter. Yeah, yeah, same. I feel like it's satisfying. It's really, really, really satisfying for me as a human being to watch you cook on the show because I love to watch people cook huh. and I love to watch people really cook yeah like right yeah the, this scar on my finger uh -huh. I, I cut myself to the bone when I'm making it in the second episode and you see the knife go and the blood oh, oh. and Forrest Stangle my camera guy uh -huh. I'm so lucky because he was on Food Network. Oh, so he okay. gets all the nuance and he just wow. tracks me. And I always say he's the funniest person on my show who's not in my show. Okay. He's got the camera. And so when I cut my finger, I go, boop. And I go, mm. And he's oh. got the camera and he's go, he goes, you okay? You okay? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's bad. And then I oh. go... To the sink and, uh, you know, the, the water's coming through, but it's not clean because it's, they have to pump it. Oh, yeah. But um, I was like, roll on this shit, Forrest. And it, it's it's been so fun to show all of the warts and the flaws and people not fixing stuff. And, you know, this goes back to you and I realizing, oh, my God, I don't need to have that lady touch my hair right now. Right. You know, I, I'm not going to wash my hair the whole week. Right. Let's get some dry shampoo. And I get to do that. And I get to yeah. go from my house to the set. And wardrobe has, you know, uh, all these outfits laid out. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to wear this when I'm wearing right. on the show today. And right. so that's that's what it becomes. And, and it, it's very satisfying. I knew that. There was one episode in season two, probably, I'm making a lasagna, and I wanted to do the layers and show all the steps. I mean, a lasagna takes me like a full day because of the sauce. And it's a huge project. Yeah, it's a one lot. One of the best projects. It's such a great project. Yeah, I love it's, it. It's, it's, it's an incredible thing. And, you know, I love making too much and taking it over to the fire station. Oh. Because those guys are my fucking heroes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, my house burned down many years what? ago. Yeah. And those guys were at my house. And so, and one time one of my kids locked themselves in their room, no names. Sure. By slamming the door and throwing a tantrum, no names. <laughs> Slam the fucking door. The door got stuck on oh, no. in, in, the, in the hinge. Oh. Couldn't get out. Called the fire station. Those guys came with something called like, a, I don't even know. 
there was like a, it was called like a, a hoozy or something. And oh, it was, Jesus. it was like a jackhammer and an axe okay. stuck together. And so the guy had to put the edge, pry it, pry it open, slant like this huge, like crack <gasps> door open. There's the kid. <laughs> and then the guy walks downstairs and he looks at me and he goes, happy mother's day. <laughs> Cause it was mother's day. Oh God. So I did put that shit in my show. <laughs> Can we talk about Mother's Day is the worst day of the year? It's bad. It's a really bad day. It sucks ass. It sucks ass. It sucks dead donkey dicks. It's the worst. Everyone's so stressed out on Mother's Day. It's a fucked up day. You know what I want? I just want a card. This is what I tell my kids. Right. Don't try to get me a thing. Mm -hmm. Sit down. And also, here's my theory about you know you're married and shit so you got the anniversary michigas mm. anniversary birthday mother's day christmas ramadan hanukkah whatever you want yeah think about the person a week before or a month before uh -huh. how about that yeah how about not scramble before the day yeah. And then be stressed out. And then the person that you're scrambling for is suffering. Just give it a thought a month before. A month before. It's going to be mom's mother's day. Yep. What can I do? Yeah. How could I, could I, and this is such a small moment from season five, but it really super resonated with me when Sam Fox is away in San Francisco and Max brings home groceries and there's dog shit on the floor. And she's like, hello, I have all the groceries. Yes. There's dog shit on the floor. Who's looking after the, and the, and the other girls are just like totally casual in another, just not at all with no taste of one's own medicine. What? Oh uh, yeah. And also the dog shits on the floor and then the, paper towels and the disinfectant the spray is right there and she's like it's gonna clean itself like the dog shit's gonna go let me get this it's gonna you know what i'm gonna hop onto this paper towel and i'm just gonna quickly spray myself and see myself i'll see myself out oh, thank you so much. i belong outside actually it's like such a if i had a nickel jesus for every pile of dog shit and pee that i've oh my god oh my god I feel like 80% of my life is grocery shopping. Totally. Like I'm constantly, and I love doing it, but. I had, you know, Cree Summer, who's in my mm -hmm. show, her character one season said, all I do is shop for groceries. Like that's my actual job is right. shopping for groceries. <laughs> mm -hmm. I got a delivery of groceries that I had shopped for yesterday yeah. before hopping on a plane. I'm like always have grocery store things and then i'm like i'm gonna go to the smaller supermarket today to get some yeah. it's like a whole it's a whole life situation and nobody is grateful for it at all but they'll not all realize all. it no not at all who wants snacks what kind of snacks do you want i don't care then Just you whatever. go shopping yeah all gone it's like do you like the things i got you Okay. Oh, yeah. Does anyone cool. recognize that there would be zero food in this <laughs> house? Like, there would be nothing. And you would all, yes. You probably would all sit there and slowly starve. Like, you still wouldn't go, they still wouldn't go get groceries. They'd just be like, I'm so hungry and weak. 
<laughs> but I'll still continue to sit here. <laughs> I'll just eat the dog shit. <laughs> I did read that you have like kind of reasonable shooting days, which is a gift. Like, are there bad TV making habits that you consciously try to so, break? Well, you know, being the boss. Um, okay, it, it it's two sides, which is until this season first four seasons, I get four days to shoot one episode. Okay. That's short. That's fast. So if you think about the amount, the density of what goes into an episode, this season I, I got five, but I am very conscious of the fact that everybody has a family Mm -hmm. and everybody has a life. And one of the, the, Uh, kind of big instigators for me to do my show. I was on a big network show with so much money Mm -hmm. and time that they were wasting. And and it was the first time I ever heard the term fratter day because I got to work at like three o'clock on a Friday and we worked until four o'clock Saturday morning. And I remember ice water going through my veins and like, and like it was like two and a half hour camera setup like sitting in the trailer for the actors. Yeah. And, you know, and then it's 11 o'clock at night and you still have five scenes left to shoot. And then it's, yeah. you know, like 2.30 in the morning, I'm loopy and I'm laughing hysterically and I'm off camera. I can't control myself. I have tears coming out of my eyes because I'm like, what is this? And so I use that as an example in my head and I thought, oh, I'm ready I know how to do this. I know how to run a show. I know how to feed a crew. I know how to say it's time to go. And um, I did. Uh, I did stage. A, I'm doing finger air quotes. Okay. Everybody who's home mm-hmm. listening, walk out this season with my crew in allyship with Ayatsi. Right. I had my own camera people there. We were on a break. We were waiting for a kid actor. I didn't take any time out of my day. I personally paid for signs, Solidarity, IATSE, Mm -hmm. and we walked out and I had all the crew call out their union numbers. And it's massively important. I mean, this season we went to the UK to finish shooting. We started shooting in July in LA. In October, we went to England and we were there October, November, the day we were supposed to start shooting was the day that they were getting um, news about if they were going to strike or not. Okay. So we were either going to start shooting in the UK or have to pack up and go back to LA. Okay. And I was completely behind IATSE. And you have to be be kind to everybody. And, and you know, I know that's how you do your thing too. It's a blueprint yeah. for how to be a boss. It's a weird transition, but then you go, wait. And like, even I would say that when I, oh, there goes the cat's <laughs> asshole, right? On camera, she's prancing around. Um, But it's like, you have to learn the lesson of, and you know, and when I started this show, I really didn't know. I really, really didn't know how much I could change. I didn't know what I was capable of changing until We got a little bit into it because at first you're like, I mean, I don't know about you, but at first I was like, what is happening? And 
our turnaround is so much faster because we're filming and then the show airs that day. So we don't, Ooh. it's not a long, it's not a meditative process of like, you know, here's, and we're, this is how we're going to put it together. It's like, you're, you're off for a show like this. You're like off. And then suddenly you're on. So you have no time to like, think about your process when you're at first, you're just scrambling. You're just like making content, get it the fuck out there. But then over time, I did realize that there were things that I had held over from another place yeah. that were not serving anybody. They yeah. were very bad processes mm-hmm. that we just thought you had to do. It felt normal. It's, it's all the fat it, and it's all yeah. the, the um, I'm very lucky because my network, they were so hands off with my creative process. That's great. Mm-hmm. And they allowed me to tell the stories the way I want to. And, you know, they would give me, you know, a certain note, season one, season two. Mm-hmm. And then season three, they were like, we're not giving you this note anymore. We see how you're doing this, right. how you do the characters, how you do your show. I looked around and I thought, mm, I can make a difference here. You know, right. I can hire women. Why is it all white dudes in post? Like, mm-hmm. why Why does this exist? Why, oh, I can bring people in. I can be a mentor. Wow, I could actually have shadows. I can split it up. So half the day, one shadow, then the rest of the day, another shadow. And mm-hmm. get as many of these young people, particularly women of color, onto my set, see what I'm doing, just stand next to me, watch what I'm doing. Why is there all this plastic on the set? This is my nightmare. So I made my set plastic free. Ah. I bought water bottles for everybody at the beginning of every season. We get these these five gallon jugs, you can Mm -hmm. refill your water. You don't need to waste. There's so much waste that goes into, you know, a a show and a set. And, you know, I've been doing like on this circuit doing these shows and, oh, these people have boxed water. They're paying attention Mm -hmm. and everybody else has plastic water. It takes one, one fucking person to say, we don't need to do it this way anymore. Yeah. You know, for me and for you, we're bosses. I don't need to send 30 emails. There isn't a committee. Things Mm -hmm. get done quickly. We turn it around quickly because, and this is when it changed for me, I knew, you know, one of my first ADs, Maria Mantia, who's like a Mm -hmm. fucking Marine, this woman is unbelievable. She said to me, it's your ability to make decisions that is going to keep you going and move you forward. When Mm. you make a decision, it makes everybody relax because they can all do their job. Right. Oh, this is so good. I totally get it. Oh, my God. Everything you're saying (laughs) is so... You can make changes that make people's lives better when they come up behind you to make their own show. You can be an example of something. Yes. And people can... And the, the best part about it, actually, is because, like... 
I don't think that I'm running a perfect system. Like, it's not like I'm achieving perfection. Mm -hmm. Things go wrong all the time. Things are bad. I make a bad decision, whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. I handle something poorly or I'm always trying, but I'm always trying. It's like being a parent. Like, you're like, I'm like, you can never say that I didn't try my fucking best. Yeah, man. That's... Like, what, what can you do? And then people will come up behind us both and go like, actually, I think I can even top this. I think I could do a better job at this. And that's what my goal is going to be. And that's like awesome, actually. That's a great. Oh. Yeah, I just I just did. When, I don't know when this goes on the radio. Is this going to go on today? I think actually in a couple of days. I think maybe next Tuesday. On the radio. The radio. <laughs> on the AM radio. On the top. On Casey Kasem's show, he carves out a space for middle-aged women to talk about this their TV awesome. creations. <laughs> I'm on the radio, ma. <laughs> um, I, so when this goes on the radio, mm-hmm. I just did, uh, they're doing History of the World Part 2 okay. for Hulu, and I can't even believe how much fun it was for me. And I was scared to do it at first because Nick Kroll texted me and he said, do you want to play my wife in History of the World Part Two? And I wrote, duh. And then I was like, oh. And I wrote back, voice or face parts? And he wrote, <laughs> face parts. And so I I ended up doing it, having the time of my life. Great. And I was like, it was like a costume thing. Like I was wearing um, a corset and we're doing, you know, Russia during the revolution and Ike Barinholtz is in it. He's one of the producers. He's so funny. He's brilliant. Yeah. So he is a super fan of the show. And he watched the second episode or the third episode of my show when I'm like talking to Mario Cantone. I'm like, you got to <laughs> get me out of this. I can't wear the wishbone. I can't I, go I to can't, Belarus. I can't, I can't wear I can't wear the wishbone. I can't dr- dress like that. I feel weird. So Ike said he went to work the next day and he said, is Pam's deal closed? Because he knew that I was going to have to wear the wishbone. Oh, that's right. It was so funny. Oh my God, that's so funny. I know. And I, I know I've kept you for a long time and I, I, I and so I'm not going to, I just have to say more compliments and then I can, Oy. and then I'll okay. let you go. I'm sorry. Fine. But I do feel like we have to off channel a long conversation about, yeah, we will. Because I feel like this is too, there's too much to talk about. We're friends now. We are. I want to also say before we go that I am going to cry when I say this, Mm. but it is like, stop it. Mm. Seeing a woman on TV who's like my age, being my age. Yeah. It's like, it's magnificent. Dude. It's magnificent. Oh, it's meaningful. Thanks, buddy. It means a lot. Thank you. Yeah. Fuck. I wanted it for me so I could do it for you. Well, I appreciate your gift. Thanks, man. Folks, if you have not watched Better Things, you better get your ass over to Hulu. You better get your ass over to Hulu. Get your ass to Mars. Get your ass to Hulu. And start in season one and make your way all the way to season five. And can I say that I loved how you ended the show? And it's you painful did? for me. Yeah, I did actually. I loved it. Loved. Oh, it's beautiful. I can't even believe that's on next week. I can't believe that the show, like everybody's going to see. I can't believe. Kooky. It's 
Thank you. I can't. I'm sad and I am happy. And I know you have a lot of irons in the fire, but we only are talking about. I know yeah, that you, you have know like a lot I of really projects. Do. I want to have a talk show. <gasps> do you? Yeah. Do you really? Yeah. Like with, with games and fun things. Oh I my grew up, God. I grew up with that. My dad, he was inventing game shows when I was growing up. So I would go to sleep. Everybody would have dinner and then the grownups would go in the living room and I'd fall asleep to clickers, clicking sounds. Oh, 70s. Really? The 70s, So Yeah, baby. the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> a talk show. You know what? I think your talk show would be incredible. Uh, well, I have a podcast now. And so there's a companion podcast. Okay. So I've done nine of them. Mm-hmm. And I still have to do the finale. And then after, I'm going to continue the podcast. Great. Because I want to be like Huel Hauser or Mr. Rogers. You're so conversational. Like, your your warmth is um, unbelievable. I think this is an incredible. This is this is good. This is great terrain. Thanks, man. Everyone calls you mom on the show. Everyone calls yep. me grandma at work. Did you know that? We have a Slack channel where yeah. only I can use the emoji of grandma. Right. And that is what everyone knows is the approval. Only I'm allowed to grandma on our Slack channel. And I'm grandma and your mom. <laughs> I want to be I grandpa. <laughs> I have a belt buckle that says grandpa. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That's incredible. All right. Thank you so much. Thank have you. fun at your 17 hour long photo shoot. <laughs> Thank you. Hope you get to Thank wear a lot of whale so, bones. Thank you so much. Thank you. You filled me up. You filled me. You gave me a big gift. Boy, oh boy. Thank you. You have a great day. I got to squeeze in another quick break here. Oh, that was, that was a great conversation. (laughs) Couldn't have had a better season finale. (laughs) A great season finale. A great conversation. I just want to reiterate. I just urge everyone who's listening to watch the show really from start to finish. It's just, it's a beautiful gem. It is. It's a we all beautiful love it. jewel box of a show. Oh, well, as God. you know, mm-hmm. she also spent over a decade voicing teenage boy Bobby Hill on <laughs> King of the Hill. Yes. And sometimes it's surprising to see which famous actors have lent their voices to other characters. Oh, yes. So, mm-hmm. a favorite of yours. We're going to we're gonna quiz you. Okay. Can you tell us <laughs> which famous person was the following voice? Oh, yeah. I will be able to do this. <laughs> I can't tell you anything about Supreme Court justices but i can i can tell you about actors doing stuff well i think there's there's no overlap so okay perfect all right woody from toy story oh that's um that's what's his face tom hanks the most famous actor on (laughs) that was a good guess for anything okay American icon. What's yeah, American icon. The guy from uh, Forest, he's in the TV Forrest show Gump. with the two dudes. Okay. Oh wow, bosom buddies. What a pull. All right. <laughs> I know, what a weird. That's Wait, you, know him. you only know him. From I only know him from that. Has he done? Has other he things? been in anything since then? <laughs> in the last forty years, <laughs> I've really lost track of him. Okay, uh, Remy in Ratatouille. Oh well, that's that's Patton Oswalt. True. Fan favorite. Fan favorite. Lovely, wonderful human being. Incredibly funny gentleman. Patton Oswalt. Yes. Sidebar. Do you have a favorite Pixar movie? Uh, 
I definitely lose track of which yeah. ones are which. I'm like, Pixar. I mean, <laughs> uh, that's the one with the uh, the one people who look like this, this kind of style of animation. They're all very good. They're yeah. very, very good. You'd have to name them all, and then I could probably tell you. Just have to name them all of them. All right. Every single one. <laughs> long episode. That's yep. another quiz for another really day. Really <laughs> long quiz, but Ratatouille is a fan favorite in it's the B. So Jones. Good. It's so, so good. So good. It makes me want to eat Ratatouille, which I don't even really like, because eggplant <laughs> is a scourge. <gasps> oh, hot take. Gross me out. It took 45 episodes to learn that. <laughs> Sometimes I, feel I can like tolerate it. I haven't learned it. a new food thing about you in a long time. Sometimes I can That's tolerate exciting. it, but you really have to change it. Like you have to change its essence to make it edible. And that, to me, makes it not qualify as a food item. <laughs> you have to utterly change every dynamic about a thing in order to eat it and have a decently pleasant experience. It's not really food. Okay, thank you. Thanks for coming to my morning TED Talk. Eggplant, not really food. <laughs> and you know what? Sometimes I like a rollatini, but that thing is not, what I'm eating is not what God intended. Okay? And that's why it's good. we to do that good. quiz later, like food or not food. <laughs> it's just not. Okay? We can argue about other stuff, but that's, we don't need to argue about that. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. Oh, what about uh, Meg from Family Guy? Oh, that's uh, that's Mila Kunis. I don't actually know how to say her name. Is that's that right? That's Did I get it right? Yeah. 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 You didn't even hesitate. No, she's great. She's great. Meg is great. Mila okay, uh, is great. Very <laughs> talented woman. Okay. What's happening? Uh, I Dory. I, was, I told you. <laughs> to, I've had. I'm so fresh with coffee. <laughs> the coffee is fresh. Okay. <laughs> uh, Dory from Finding Nemo. That's Ellen DeGeneres. This is like the best you've ever done. This is the done. best I've ever done. And it's the most shallow. <laughs> and I've I know watched, all the cartoons. I know the cartoon people. Um, <laughs> but I unfortunately do. That is my skill set. And I can't believe I'm not even, I'm not even having like a, like a menopause moment where you go... It's the one, it's the girl from the thing where she goes out with her friends and they're partying and they're moms and they're like drinking. I don't know that Pixar movie. Oh, Bad Moms. Is that what that is? Yes, bad that moms? was Bad Moms. Yeah. Yep. Uh, last but not least, we threw this okay. one in just as a gimme in case you hadn't gotten any right yet. Sure. <laughs> oh. I'm sure you need it. Nope. Artie's mom in Creative Galaxy. Oh, who's that? luminous actor <laughs> luminous that is me i play artie's mom in creative galaxy but i don't really do stuff like that anymore it's not that i'm opposed to it i just don't have i don't have time <laughs> it was fun to do i love that's a, it's a really good show it's a very young age group that's a, well, that's a show for obsessed with it really it's a very yeah. good show for toddlers mm-hmm. like it's like little it's like two to four is that right. the age group yeah yep sometimes i get recognized in like a grocery store lineup people i see toddlers looking if i'm talking <laughs> um, obviously have to be talking but it has uh, happened isn't that well i'm very famous with two-year-olds <laughs> what a fun age group to be recognized very by. fun i accept no problem at all well 
thank you. Thank you, team. Thank you, Svia. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Julia. Thank you, High Tech. Thank you for all your hard work this season. It was a great season. I truly enjoyed doing this. So please uh, re-listen to episodes. Come back for season three. In the meantime, I hope you like the podcast. If you did, let us know in the comments. If you didn't, please consider hate listening in the future. Seriously, though, please rate, review, follow, full release an Apple podcast. Tell your friends. That's important. Spread the word about this podcast. In the meantime, keep sending us your comments and questions to fullrelease at sambay.com. They might even be featured in one of our special bonus episodes exclusively available on Stitcher Premium. Don't forget to tune into Full Frontal with Samantha Bean Thursdays, 10 p.m. on TBS. And we'll see you next Tuesday for another full release. Eventually, this podcast is brought to you by Earwolf and TBS and was produced by Adam Howard and Svea Baron-Reinstein with IT and technical production provided by High Tech. It was edited by Julia Fott and hosted by me, Samantha B. Anytime I do Zooms or interviews, the people next door or at my house or my office, yeah, totally. they're like, where's that list of shit that we haven't done in months? Let me get all the power tools. Exactly. I, I'm going to knock these off today, starting at nine.